0: Coming up next on The Health Hustle. I agree. Follow up, keep that connection, have a relationship. But how do you walk the line of following up and not being annoying and, and obsessive? You're going to laugh.
1: You're going to love this. I think this is... And it immediately came to my head. It's like you're going to go on a first date with a really hot girl or a really hot guy. Mm, yeah, that's you know? good. Do you want to be really needy? No. Do you want to send like a text with like three paragraphs? Definitely not. No. You want to be to the point, right? You want to be like... I'm interested, but I'm not needy type of thing. So for a business, it's a little different, but that's kind of the the way I see some some of my texts, right? Or some of my emails. I've uh, not been successful with some leads which, because I give too much information, mm. right? Even reading it and like, oh, shit, I was too eager, man. God dang it. Like, you know, you want to give some information and you want to answer their questions if they have questions, but you have have to find that balance. So I think that's something that I've learned and learning this these months, right? Because I've seen my leads and, you know, there was one that I like, I gave too much information, right? So, you know, it's kind of like a a hot date.
0: (laughs) What is up beautiful people and welcome to the Health Hustle of Austin, Texas. On this show, we distill down the big ideas from your fellow health and fitness entrepreneurs in the Austin, Texas area about how they built their business and the lessons they learned along the way. I'm your host, Corey Himmon, and on this episode, I get a chance to sit down with my boy, Christian Soriano, who is right down the street from actually where I'm living with Forge Strength Gym. It's an awesome gym, awesome community awesome people and a pretty stellar dude. On this episode, we get into how Christian got into the fitness industry in the first place, why he believes that community is the key to building a gym, finding balance and seeing clients and still wanting to exercise himself, having a personal touch with his clients, driving traffic to your Google business profile, which he finds very useful and very effective in building his business, staying resilient in the fitness industry, market research, Christian's morning routine, and so much more. If you haven't already, do us a huge favor and please subscribe and write us a review. This show is about helping health and fitness professionals to build a business that fits your lifestyle by like giving us a review It helps other people find the show and join us on the journey. Also, if you're looking for tips about designing your website and marketing your health business, sign up for my three tips Tuesday newsletter at corehow.com. Without further ado, mm, let's go. Christian, welcome to the show. How you doing, brother? Doing great. Beautiful day here in Austin. You're right. <laughs> what is a ghost's favorite exercise? Ghost's favorite exercise. Um Huh. Burpees? I don't
1: know. Deadlifts. <laughs> Deadlifts. Oh, there we go. That's good. <laughs> Touche. By the way, this was not discussed in our in our prep meeting. So I'm, I'm offended by this. Okay. I'm just kidding. No, that's awesome. That's a good, good way to break the ice. I'm, uh, I'm already in a good mood.
0: <laughs> um, so first question for you. So you, I know you started working out here in Austin and that's kind of how you decided to go on and start your own business, but mm-hmm. how did you get into fitness just originally? Like where yeah. did you, what was the original background story from that?
1: Yeah. So super skinny kid, right? So um, yeah, that's kind of what inspired me to, you know, start working out. I started with just doing push ups a lot of push-ups and then even like doing all kinds of variations when I was very young, like maybe 15. And the only reason why I was doing that in pull-ups was because my mom didn't want me to work out because you know, back then, you know, mom's being worried about you and your and your kids, right? And their kids um, thought that uh, that I would hurt myself or my bones and it wouldn't grow. So anyways, yeah, skinny kid. And just wanted to, you know, to improve the way I looked and then that's kind of the story one of the the, it makes me smile still i would walk about i'm gonna say about two miles to go to the gym back when i finally convinced my mom to to let me join a gym and lift weights so yeah that's how passionate i was about improving the way i felt and the way i looked so yeah man every day maybe at least four to Four days out of the week, I would walk to the gym and. Was the motivation
0: to pick up chicks?
1: <laughs> I mean, obviously, right? That's that's kind of like a little bit, like maybe like five percent, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but definitely it more for me. It's just like, man, I I want to change. I want to feel better. I want to look better. You know. So that was one of the things that just like opened a whole new world. I mean, we we were talking about community a while back, right? And uh, I think that's one of the coolest things about any small business, any gym, any any city, you know, the community, you know, finding that community, finding your tribe. That's kind of what, what kept me coming back. Right. Yeah, And obviously some hot chicks. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, won't, I won't lie. I won't lie. Yes. That's part of it too.
0: Yeah. The community here is amazing. So that originally got you into fitness, came to Austin from Mexico, started working out, we're at the gym and then you somehow partnered up with somebody. How did that play out and what did that look like?
1: Yeah. So moved here to Austin back in 2007 to work for Dell and, uh, I started going to this gym that used to be called Pure Austin, and uh, now it's Lifetime, but they have an amazing location up north, their quarry lake location, so it has like a, a lake and also like a, a trail, and uh, yeah, so, so joined that gym, started meeting really good people, and then started taking some of the classes, just like really vibe with that whole community, so that resulted in and me coming up with an idea to you know work out saturdays in the morning a group of us so did that for four years and uh that opened up just a whole new community of people and uh that really kind of like slowly started clicking right like a little little flame of an idea of like hey maybe maybe i can do this for a living you know maybe it's going to be an outdoor boot camp right so did that for four years it was a free Boot camp, met a lot of good people, did that for four years. And then one of the guys that uh, that was part of that group came to me one day and said, hey man, would you like to to open a gym? And I'm like, whoa, yeah, of course. That's kind of like a dream come true. So that's what really was kind of the final step for me to, to be able to get to this point now that I have my own gym was, you know, joining a gym, really being part of the community, right? And then just you know, embracing and meeting new people. And then from that, I love working out, I love fitness. So I already had it back in, my, in the back of my head. I'm like, man, I'm the happiest and I'm the most fulfilled when A, I'm working out, and with B, when I'm around people, you know, and also having them work out with me, right? So that was kind of like, you know, one, two, three. So number four was him telling me like, hey, let's open up a gym. Mm. So that's that was kind of what led me to learn a lot from, how to start a business, how to run a business, how to work with people. And that eventually inspired me to go on my own, have total control of my vision, total control of of the business. And so that's how Forge Austin became this. It's been four years.
0: I love that you were able to find this area of passion in your life and really pursue it. I'd like to ask though, how do you find that balance though of turning what you're passionate about and not making it feel like work? Cause as somebody who I used to be a personal trainer back in the day and mm-hmm. I definitely reached a point where it felt like it was sucking from my own passion about exercising and fitness because I felt like it was all I did. Right. How do you balance that? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good, good point. I think for me, it's
1: the people. That really is what, what, uh, what keeps me going, man. Like what, what inspires me every day, right? Like, you know, getting to know someone. I think we talked a little bit about how you can see your client's physical change from when they started to now training with you. So I think that for me, just seeing how hard some of my clients go, how committed they are, how consistent they are, inspires me, you know, I'll give you another example too. I'm 40, 41, so uh, I'm not as young as I used to and I can't record uh, now. (laughs) I know. uh, I I meant 21, by the way, that was, that was an audio glitch. uh, (laughs) Very weird. When I said that, I don't know what happened, (laughs) but what I was going to say is some of my clients are 24. Some of them are, you know, 25 and you know, they're strong. I mean, that's the pinnacle of your fitness potential is when you're 21 to maybe all the way to 30, maybe, but definitely 24. You're, almost at your peak or really close to your peak. So that inspires me. I see my clients and like my, my, my members, you know, just kind of like getting stronger, getting faster and just killing the workouts. And that inspires me to like, a be able to do everything they do right and just keep pushing myself
0: well i mean there's so much to be said about doing hard things with people and like the community aspect of that is like i feel like that's really what brings i mean that's what's made crossfit what it is right Right. you're doing really really hard things with a community of people Mm -hmm. it's gonna bond you yeah oh for sure Yeah. yeah that's true so you have this business with a partner you had a bit of a falling out and then mm-hmm. essentially decided to start what you have here today. Yeah. How did that transition happen? Well, first of all, that's when I realized like, oh, I really do like owning a gym and I
1: really do like coaching and training people. And why do I say that? Because I didn't mention this, but I was still doing a full-time job nine years into, you know, doing the boot camp thing every Saturday to doing the gym, the other gym for four, four-ish years. So yeah. So I didn't need to have a gym or have a side business, right? I had a full-time paying job, but I just loved it. And I just, I wanted to prove to myself that I could be successful and do this on my own and not be tarnished by bad experiences with business partners that, you know, that it's like any relationship, right? When you first meet, everything's clicking, everything's fun, everything's, there's energy and it's awesome, but then you grow, right? Either you grow together or you grow apart. And that's kind of what basically happened with this specific relationship, right? We just had different points of view of how to run a business.
0: So then tell me more about like the building of forge strength then. So yeah. was it like you just like bought a place and started saying like, Hey, I have a place now and people started showing up or how did you kind of get? No. And, it, and it's a slippery slope, right? If you ever
1: get into a partnership, make sure that, uh, that, you know, the terms that, you know, the contract don't sign an NDA unless you have to, but do not do that. Right. I think that's one lesson learned, right? If you are gonna go into a partnership, make sure that, that you understand the contract in and out and you know what you're getting in, yourself into. Uh, for me, that was part of the process of like, you know, getting ready to open this space, right? Just uh, being able to smooth over an and exit with them. and and uh, And I say that because I had to have a plan, right? To be able to make this happen. So I had to make a budget, right? trying to find a spot where I could open a gym. So I was lucky enough that I would go to this Mexican restaurant that's literally in front of us. And um, just so happens that the wife is the owner and uh, the wife is my landlord. My landlord's wife is the owner is what I'm trying to say. And uh, I guess the universe, man, a year before I decided to leave, he, uh, the the guy said, hey, I have a spot in the back. You know, I know you, you run a gym. You should like you know rent it and have a gym and I'm like no I'm pretty happy I, that was a year before I decided to leave so yeah I just got lucky that uh, that a year after he said hey check out the spot they were the, the spot was still available so I was able to you know get a pretty pretty good price the, the first year and uh, I just got lucky man I mean I, I think everyone's process is different so what what I did maybe is not you know kind of like uh, very common but for me it worked it's just I wouldn't say random luck because I already had that in the back of my head, but I guess it's back to what we were talking about, right? Just how important the, the community aspect of, of anything is right. Even when I said that right now, what I'm thinking is the community within our zip code South Lamar support local businesses, you know, just treat everyone like, an. I hate saying an opportunity, but every interaction, every person you meet is an opportunity, right? To grow as a person, to get to know someone else's point of view, so I think that that all through my life has been something that that's made me very, very successful and uh, has guided me. Long story short, got uh, the space was available and pulled the trigger. And uh, again, very uncommon. I used my savings. I didn't do any type of uh, financial, you know, sourcing or you know, didn't look for investors. For me, it's had uh, it was about having total control and vision and not having to like compromise that. And I think that's, what's made me successful so far is being able to pivot from what's working and what's not. And, and I think that's, for me, that's been very important because I've heard stories where where there's investors, right? So kind of like check in with them and make sure that they're okay with what you're going to do. And at the end of the day, right, you know, you need to pay them. So the way I did it too, was obviously I was a coach on the other, at the other gym. So back to what I said, right? Making a plan, an exit plan, right? From a partnership, I also had to be very careful that the people that would eventually come with me would not breach any type of contract that I had with the gym or that uh, it was more like, you know, hey, it's their choice. We can't control their choices. So a handful of people followed me. That's how this got started. Just uh, mats and four of the squat racks, uh, some kettlebells and some bumper plates.
0: You say lucky, which I think there is always a degree of luck, but I would also think, too, that a big proponent of that is your emphasis on relationships. And the reason I say that is because, like, I learned the hard way. Um, I remember I was actually in grad school, and I was down in a – I was in Iowa. I was in a town where I didn't know anybody completely alone for the most part other than my classmates and my teachers. Mm -hmm. And I remember that I reached a breaking point where I was honestly, like, one of the most depressed I've ever been, and I didn't realize why in that moment until I realized, like, all my previous relationships that I had from my hometown were gone or disconnected to some degree. Right. Cause I was in a completely new place with new people and I didn't put enough emphasis on like trying to reestablish relationships and connection. And so ever since that day, I agree that like getting involved in the community, having those relationships and just the value of that, right. you seem to have a strong emphasis of that. Where do you think that comes from? My mom, I think, you know, just the way I was raised, but also
1: just the, I guess the way I wanna be treated, right? I'm glad you you brought that up because I think that's one of the things that as small business owners, you have to really differentiate yourself between a global gym or a global big corporation. And one of the ways to do that is that kind of like personal touch. An example would be, I text people, I follow up with emails. It's not your generic like, oh, thank you for submitting form A, B, Z. We'll get back <laughs> to you in an hour. No, it's like, hey, it's Christian and you're, you're Susie. And Hey, you know, I read your comment and I'm down, totally down. We're going to connect and it's going to be an awesome relationship. And I'm going to help you meet your fitness goals. I think that's, that's something that I would recommend to any type of small business is that personal touch, treat people like people, not like a, Oh, he's going to be money in in the bank. Right. It's more like trying to set up and, and make that connection with someone. Right have them feel valued, right? Cause that's the way I like to feel, you know, for any, any business. So I think that's kind of one of
0: the, one of the things that, uh, I wanted to make sure that I brought up. In terms of like personal and professional relationships, which one do you feel like has had maybe the most impactful or profound influence on you? There's
1: synergy between the both, both. Right.
0: So I've had, I think we were
1: talking a little bit about this, that, you know, friends have become clients. And then clients have become friends. So there's, there's that synergy, right? There's, um, for me specifically, and I think for any, every small business that I see, again, you brought up a great point, the community aspect of it, right? It's, it's key, right? I feel that each business, um, that, that really truly likes what they do and, and truly treats people, you know, with respect and, and care, right. And they care about their product there's a relationship there, right? I mean, I'll give you an example that is not tied to the gym. I go to a picnic to get coffee every freaking day. And one of the reasons is one, it's a small business. Two, the product is good, right? Your product has to be good, right? They won't, you have to work at it. But the third thing is like, hey man, like they're they're nice to me. They're like, you know, they asked me how my day is, which I, <clears throat> I know that sounds pretty basic, right? But you know, some of the guys go as far as to like, man, it was really good to see you, man. And like, hey, cool shades so I think that aspect I know right like shades. who cares about it? I don't even know why I said that but yeah sick scooter I know yeah I do have a scooter by the way on the record uh so it is pretty sick I'm just kidding but yeah I mean I think that uh as small again as small business owners we have to like really make connections with our clients right find that that method right that magic formula for each one for me you know it's the gym it's just like really Really, trying to make sure that they're being heard, that you understand what they want, right? And just like uh, I think we were talking about leads, right? So if you get a lead, close that lead. There's there's a there's a finite time for you to close that lead. So you know, you need, one way is to follow up, right? And and you know, just try to try to make sure that that your customer's being listened to. I guess
0: I agree. Follow up, keep that connection, have a relationship but how do you walk the line of following up and not being annoying and obsessive? You're gonna laugh, you're gonna love
1: this. I think this is, and it immediately came to my head. It's like you're gonna go on a first date with a really hot girl or a really hot guy. Mm, yeah, you know? good. Do you wanna be really needy? No. Do you wanna send like a text with like three paragraphs? Definitely not. No, you wanna be to the point, right? You wanna be like, I'm interested, but I'm not needy type of thing. So for a business, it's a little different, but. That's kind of the, the way I see some, some of my texts, right. Or some of my emails, I've uh, not been successful with some leads, which, because I give too much information, right. Even reading it and like, oh, shoot, I was too eager, man. God dang it. Like, you know, you want to give some information and you want to answer their questions if they have questions, but you have, have to find that balance. So I think that's something that I've learned and learning this, these months. Right. It's Cause I seen my leads and you know, there was one that I, like, I gave too much information. Right. So, you know, it's kind of like a, a hot date.
0: So, <laughs> so you must be really good at dating now. Oh, well, I always I say I'm I'm fairly decent, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'm,
1: again, I'm 41 or 21, <laughs> depending on what Corey does with the edit, right? Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's kind of like that, right? You like you don't want to be needy, yeah. right? It's, it's fascinating, man. It's fascinating. I, about,
0: I wanted to touch on you mentioned the small business thing and like wanting to support small businesses, and it's funny as somebody who's also a small business owner, it's it's your mentality changes a lot behind how you feel and like who you wanna support. Oh, definitely. Like literally, so this last weekend, or sorry, no, two days ago, I got my motorcycle fixed and it was like this random guy who just does it as like a side hustle. He actually works in construction, but he fixes motorcycles and four wheelers and stuff on the side. And he fixed it up for me and I was like, awesome man, like how do I pay you? He's like Venmo, I was like perfect, I'll Venmo you. And I was like, do you want a five star review? He's like, yeah, that'd be great. He's like, I only have like three reviews. And it was one of those things where like, when you have clients that don't have a small business or they're not business owners and like trying to get a review out of them, is the most impossible task of all time. Yeah, but true. somebody who has a small business, I'm like, oh no, like I'll definitely help you and support you in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So I totally get that mentality.
1: And, and you're right. That's one one thing that you know, as a small business, you know, those reviews are gold, man. You're oh right. Like it's it's for me specifically. Google has been huge, and my formula, or I say my formula, right? What's worked for me is two things: get a review, at least one review each month, and post a picture of a workout or something. Right. And that for some reason, for a while has generated for me, three leads is a lot because out of those three, the fact that they took the time to submit a form and submit their info is that they're pretty interested. So that whole formula for thinking about Google and ads and leads, that's, that's huge, man. I think that I need to get better at that. Like finding that balance of like, Hey, you love what I do. Give me a review. And sometimes it is that they love what you do, but I mean, we're, we're busy people, all of us, right? We have families or we have boyfriends or girlfriends or our doggy or a puppy. What are we talking about? So some people love what you do, but if you don't ask, they won't do it. You know, I've been lucky that most are like, kind of like, I guess they're in our kind of like small business mindset that they like tell me like, Hey, I'll give you a review. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. So yeah, I think t- we were not planning on talking on that, but I think that's, that's, that's really important to understand how that, how that. Is tied back to your business and leads.
0: Yeah, I wanted to get in a little bit more of that actually, because like um, other than word of mouth, there's no arguing that's always been the most powerful tool. Yeah. You said is, is that the main way you've been finding new connections and new leads is basically just people are finding you on Google Maps.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's Google Business Profile has been huge for me, huge. Hmm. Well, I mean, huge because one personal training client for me is pretty good because I don't pay anyone; I, everything goes to the business and to me. You know, so there's no percentage or split like in a Golds Gym. I think the split at a Golds Gym for, for trainers is 65 to 70% to the gym and cool. 25 to 30 whatever percent to the to the trainer, which Ooh. is very little. Yeah, I mean I'll give you another we were not planning on talking to that, but one of the trainers at Lifetime, she was telling me she basically gets $30 and Lifetime gets 80, 90
0: dollars or something like that. So, yeah, that's the split for trainers at uh Lifetime. I get it. It's, I mean, it's, it's tough. Like I get it because one could argue that honestly the sales and marketing piece is the hardest part of really any business anyways. And they're basically doing that for you. Right. So I get it to some degree. Um, but it is tough as like anyone in the fitness industry to have a career.
1: Well, think about it. Like we live in Austin. I mean, you know how much rent is oh, and God, everything. Yeah. So I don't even, honestly, I honestly don't know how they do it. But anyways, uh, yes, Google has been huge for me and has generated leads. And I feel like that's going to keep getting me leads in the future. And it's been just, I guess I could read more about how the algorithm works or like the theories on how their algorithm works, you know. But for me specifically, I find that if I post content, if I update my information, um, my business profile, that it tends to generate leads for me. And again, the reviews. Yeah, right. I mean, think about it. If you Google a place and you see, you know,
0: the place has like X amount of, five-star reviews you're like okay that's Mm kind of like
1: you know really good (laughs) totally (laughs) yeah
0: yeah and i was actually just talking to that guy as well because he said like one of his reviews was a four-star out of a Uh five-star and he was kind of torp about it and i was actually explaining to him so as i what i that's what i do as a business is more like website design and marketing Mm And I was explaining to him. I was like, I was like, actually, it's actually a good thing because like people like, don't necessarily trust something that's all five out of five. Like if you think about your own psychology, if you see something that has all perfect scores across the board, it's like, right? Right. <laughs> right. They're being, they're paying for that. Exactly. Yeah, right. True. That's literally the first thing you thought of, and so it's realistic to expect maybe not all to be five star reviews and to have maybe like more of that like four point five or four point eight or whatever it is range is actually a lot healthier. And so to answer your question, actually about like what does work from a digital online standpoint, so there's three things. One of them is like testimonials and reviews, mm-hmm. especially from a third party, like a Yelp or a Google Maps. That's a huge one. Another one is like, they want to be able to find out who's behind the business. They want to be able to find information about you specifically, Christian. Yeah. What do you do? What are you up to? Whether it's on your social media or it's an about page or whatever it is. And then the third one is actually like, what does your website look like? Because the very first thing people do is they look you up, they go to your website, and they right. make a judgment on you based on the quality of your website. If you yeah. have a trash website, they assume your service is trash. If you have a nice website, they assume it's your service is nice. Yeah. And so, like, those are the three biggest components when people. So are you guys, it's like it's like a dating app. I'm telling you, we're, yeah.
1: we're not far off. It's like dating, right? When you're texting a customer, like, think about it as a as a the first date, and there you go. Corey yeah. basically just said like a Bumble profile type of thing. So, <laughs> I love it. I love it, and that's awesome. <laughs> See, I think we're onto something because yeah. like I feel that like this is not being discussed enough
0: <laughs> yeah no that's perfect how do you stay resilient as a business owner because yeah. i mean it's an infinite game right you're playing yeah. a long game you love it you're passionate about it
1: not taking it personal
0: right putting it in
1: perspective and in understanding kind of what what the market is right for my, for a gym there's a high turnover no matter what especially in a city like this right so byron with 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 business and entertainment and fitness and everything right people move on people get bored I think that's one of the reasons why ClassPass was a genius idea, right? I don't know if it's still making a lot of money, but it is kind of genius, right? Cause like right now the demographic that, that I serve, you know, lacks options. They don't like to do the same thing over and over. Right. So I think that's kind of like something that you need to be aware of. And on the flip side too, you know, I think what's been successful with gyms and groups and everything is the community. So building that community, right retain everyone, right? I'm gonna do my best not to lose. And then that's a, that's another motivator, right? So so take people leaving as like, oh, okay, you, you're leaving, I'm gonna like be even better, right? Not that people leave in bad terms, but you know, sometimes I think it's it's good to have like a little bit, a chip on your shoulder, right? That, that really does help make you grow as a person and keep challenging yourself and never conform.
0: I find that a lot with people that I talk to on the show and just business owners as a whole is that I would say more often than not, they rather have a chip on their shoulder or they find reasons to have a chip on their shoulder. Cause I can totally relate to that. I remember when I first branched out and wanted to start my own thing, it was the classic of like, do you know what percentage of businesses fail? And like, why are you leaving a good job is yeah. if they know like how I actually feel about my job. Right, and, exactly. <laughs> and so like, there was just so much pushback when I decided to branch off and do my own thing. And so I can totally relate to that.
1: Yeah, no, that's amazing. It's great to hear. Cause uh, you know, that's, that's another thing that, uh, that I think I need to do a better job is talking to most more business owners, really kind of like having, making more time for that, right? Like not even the same businesses as me, but just kind of like, you know, talking to other people that have a business and and understanding and learning from them, you know, that's always something that I think is, again, it's great to hear that I'm not the only one that, you know, finds a way to have a chip in your shoulder. Oh God, (laughs) no.
0: Yeah. Can you touch real quick on offering free services, ClassPass, Groupon, that sort of stuff?
1: Yeah. And again, disclaimer, this is my experience. This this does not have to be everyone's experience, but my experience with giving things for free and offering free classes has not been very, very successful for me specifically. Right. So Groupon, great tool for some free marketing and great tool. I would see it more as a tool to market your gym, but for revenue and retention, I don't see that as a good avenue it hasn't been a good avenue for me right so what my experience with Groupon specifically and then i'll tell you what happened with ClassPass and or my my thoughts on that with Groupon you get you get people in right the door right but you get more than anything people that want a good deal which that's not a bad thing right i mean maybe there's like my experience again has been maybe very unique that i do get i've had Groupon customers and out of the out of the percentage i mean i'm going to say even less than 5%, you know, have become long-term members. You know, so the conversion for, for my business is very low from Groupon. So, again, you get people that are looking more for a deal versus looking at more for, you know, a long-term gym or a long-term community. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of, of Groupon, to be honest. So, hopefully, yeah. I don't get sued by them or anything. <laughs> um, uh, and then ClassPass, I, I think ClassPass is great, but then you get people in the door that are, you know, kind of like have this mentality of like, hey, you're here to serve me, you know, impress me type of thing. And, and it's very real for a small business like mine, because you get a review and you get a better review. And then that's going to tarnish your brand and tarnish your name, right. And you know, it's super frustrating that and also again, you get people that are not going to be members. So I'll give you kind of like an example, you don't make a lot of money for drop ins, right? You make like, the formula's based on your monthly membership that you get from ClassBest, but I think it's like, I, I was getting like eight to 10 sometimes dollars. It wasn't worth it for me. What I could have done is maybe offered all my classes, but I don't want that either. I don't want, because there's a huge liability as a business too, right? Especially for gyms, you don't want, you don't know who you're going to get, right? So someone can register it and you get your, the email, but you don't know if they have, up what their medical history is, what they' if they're injured, uh, what age have they worked out? Do they know you know what a gym is, what a barbell is, how to use a barbell? So super risky in my opinion, right? I can see how you can
0: make money if you open up you know all your schedule, but then for me, didn't make sense. Just from the outside looking in, I feel like using my marketing brain here, it would have to be something that's very targeted. I feel like it could rather be, from the Groupon standpoint, you could use it as a tool to maybe, like, get more reviews. Like, if you had some sort of, like, system in place where it's, yeah, you come, you get a free workout, and as an exchange, it's kind of like maybe you get a few reviews out of it. That could be helpful. And then from, like, a ClassPass standpoint, if it was directed towards, like, again just like a very specific class of like you come to this very specific class this is the workout everyone knows exactly what's going to happen kind of deal yep and you put a lot of clarity around it so like i feel like they could be used strategically maybe but like not as like a good long term like if you're looking for people that you want to actually become a part of your community and that's a good point that's what i did i
1: offered just my endurance day because my endurance day is like hey row or bike and that's kind of pretty straightforward right Mm -hmm. you don't like need you can have like Very low impact is what I'm getting at. So yeah, that's a good point. That's what I did. So I know you've done some market research. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like what you've done and how that's been helpful? Definitely. Yeah. So I think everyone should definitely do this. Maybe it's obvious for everyone, but very eye-opening for me. When dealing with people, it's easier to have tough conversations with data. Not just like, hey, my rates are going to be X and not Y anymore, right? Well, then like, what, what the heck? Like, wait, wait, dude. Inflation, okay, that's easy, but still, inflation is so generic. It's like, oh yeah, well, Corey, my my rate's not gonna be ninety dollars and it's not gonna be seventy dollars. Like, whoa, what happened to those twenty dollars? Oh, inflation. Well, no, that's not <laughs> that's not gonna cut it, right? Finding out how what, what businesses around you are charging, how their website looks, you know, how they they uh, intake leads, and then building a story around that, right, to be able to to have new rates and have discussions with with customers for me specifically it's been very useful for personal training having those discussions last year at the end towards the end of the year starting in November was that was what I did right the market research build a story around hey this is the value that I bring and then hey this is what the rates are for other gyms that are like mine and then honestly I didn't have not even one person say like, Hey, you know, nah, that's too much. Or like, I'm not going to pay that. Um, Everyone uh, received it very well. So
0: yeah, I think there's so much to be said about knowing your worth and the irony of charging higher prices, which I think so many people get confused on is that the goal isn't to be the cheapest. The goal is to provide the best value. And when you charge more, people actually value your services more. So like if you're trying to be a commodity, well then go on Fiverr or some other cheap, site. Right? right. But like, you're not trying to compete with Amazon and Walmart. Right. You're trying to compete with like, how can I provide the best value to my community? Exactly.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. And, uh, you know, I think we were talking about this too. Corey like, uh, hit on, on a really important thing, which is, you know, understanding the value and, and not compromising that. Right. You know, cause you're right. I mean, in my head sometimes too, it's just like, you know, like, Oh man, I should like offer Cheaper rates, right? Because that that makes sense. Like, no, mm-hmm. no. And then we were talking about the free class. For me, the in the old gym we did a free week, and what was happening is you would get people that is just like wanted a deal, like wanted a free week, and that's it. They were they had zero intention to be becoming a member or to be part of your gym, but hey, free week, I'll do it. Right. You know. Uh, so what I'm doing right now, I'm like, I'm fighting the urge because I'm a I'm a pleaser by nature, so for me, it's just like, yeah, yeah, free, free, free. Yeah, yeah I'm cool. You're you're cool. Let's do it. Free class. <laughs> so I need to get better at that, right? Like to your point, you know, like, no, like this is like a, a good spot. This is a great spot. I've got great equipment. You get better attention than you will in a, in a bigger gym. So yeah, just not compromising that and not not feeling like you have to compromise the value of what you offer. Yeah. And again, it's very different probably with other businesses, but yeah, the free thing is definitely something that I'm learning how to, how to utilize that and leverage that when, uh, with new clients.
0: Well, uh, no offense to Planet Fitness, but <laughs> you're not Planet Fitness, so right. don't try to compete with Planet Fitness. Right. Exa- exactly, right. Right. Like you- If you want clients that want the cheap price, then yeah, offer cheap prices, but that's not the clients you want. Yeah. You want the clients that are committed to working out and being a part of the community and getting your expertise and your training. Yeah. And then, you
1: know, the fact that that you're getting a request in or someone interested in your business is that, I mean, obviously they want to be, they're
0: interested in you. So, you know, you got to like find a way to
1: close the deal, deal too, you know? So anyways.
0: Two more questions. First yeah. one's a quickie. What's your morning routine like? I did read the form.
1: <laughs> Corey Sins is a form
0: and I read it. <laughs> read it three times. <laughs>
1: By the way, I, I'm sure he thinks I didn't, but I did. <laughs> so for me, the number one thing that I can think, I know I was thinking about this. It's kind of cool. So meditate. I meditate for 10 to 15 minutes. And for me, what I try to do is visualize my day, visualize my clients and what I'm going to do with each client. On hmm. top of that, I would add on Sundays, I, I kind of map out everyone, all my clients, all my classes and what I'm going to do, or at least a, a good idea of what I'm going to do with each. Because... Everyone's different. And I think that's one thing that, that we all need to like really be conscious and you're gonna stand apart or you know, you're know, you gonna stand out if you really tailor customization, right, to each individual.
0: I yeah. interviewed a guy, another guy who does a, he's a personal trainer as well. And he, I still think about it, obviously. He said, what's the first word in personal training? Personal, he goes, get personal with your clients. So yeah. I was like, oh, all right, that makes like a that. lot of yeah. fucking sense. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Last question for you, before yeah. I ask that question though, where can people find you? Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, no,
1: definitely. Uh, I'm big on Instagram, so at Strength. So if you can uh, do a follow, that would be great. And my website at www.fortstrengthaustin.com. You can kind of see more about me, the uh, videos of the workouts, and more information on, on what I offer. And uh, yeah, like a really cool, cool spot uh, to train and to get better and to be a better version of yourself.
0: Yeah, and it happens to be literally like a block from where I live, so apparently. We find out that we're neighbors. Apparently we're gonna be friends now. (laughs) Yeah, there Um, you go, yeah, exactly. So (laughs) so final question for you. So let's go back to ground zero, four years ago, day one. You're just starting your gym. Let's say you're talking to somebody else, and they're like, "Hey, man, like, loved what you love what you're doing. Like, I want to do something similar. I want to create a similar business. I want to start my own thing. I want to start a side hustle, whatever it is. What's maybe the best piece of advice you could give somebody just to get started to get moving in the right direction?"
1: No, that's a great question, and, and I thought about that too. So, what I've learned is like, there's so many hidden costs, guys. Like, so many things that you need to plan for. I would say do your research as far as what you need to do with the state, what permits you need if you have a physical location. Meet with someone that's doing what you're doing, I I would say, and kind of like learn from what they're doing. Definitely have a really clear understanding of all the costs tied to your business. You've got insurance. For your sales tax permit here in Texas, you need bond insurance, which can be between $500 to $1,000 for a year. But still, that's $500 to $1,000 that I didn't know I had to pay every freaking year now. And if you can afford it, meet with a lawyer to understand if you need to form an LLC, um, S Corp and the tax implications of that. So I think the numbers is kind of like the, the financial of your business is something that you need to like understand clearly before you even think about opening a business. My other recommendation is to have a budget. For me, I think I I would have liked to have 50000 to start the gym. So kind of have like a little understanding of what the bare minimum would be to be able to run a business for like I would say at least six months. I don't know how realistic
0: that is, but definitely have a budget. I talked to a, a girl, Sarah Files, shout out to her the other day. And she, as a, she does home health and as a home health business, you have to have at least $75,000 in the bank account, just sitting there, like not touching it. Wow. Just to even start a business. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. But for anybody, yeah, for anybody listening, a good recommendation, a resource for anybody who's looking to figure some of this stuff out is SBA, Small Business Association. Yep. Every city has one. They're super helpful. I think they're mostly free from what I understand. Yeah.
1: And the, even the website has a ton, ton of content. So yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: That's a good call out. I know you're about to work out. I would have brought my gym shorts. <laughs> yeah, had I there known. we go. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to acknowledge you for being your true authentic self and thanks sure Thank coming on the show and uh, we'll chat soon. It's a pleasure. He's awesome. And I'm grateful for being part of the part of the podcast. Before you go, I just want to say thank you for listening to the show and I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you're looking for more advice on how to market your health business or need help with your website, you can find all my information at coreyha.com. Thanks again and keep hustling, my friends.